This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. In this week's episode, I got to talk with Dan Colvin, the Vice President of Robotics and Digital Solutions of North America over at ESOB. With automation becoming more and more prevalent, the idea is a little scary to some people. From the fear of being replaced or not wanting to have to learn complicated programming, Dan talks about the progression of technology in the robotics sector. From his years in the industry, he's gotten a front row seat to watch it evolve. We talk about how their new cobot is putting the fear of overly complicated programming to rest with the implementation of their app-based controls. It's making it easy to get parts up and running and even copy and paste if you have a lot of parts you're working on. He explains the benefits of using a cobot from big companies all the way down to a father-son operation. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your company? Yeah, I'm Dan Coleman, Vice President of Robotics and Digital Solutions of North America, and I work for ESOP. ESOP is a leading producer of welding and cutting equipment around the world. And how did you get into the welding industry in the first place? Well, you could say I was born into it. My dad worked for an old company called Union Carbide, and he worked for Lindy, then he worked for LTAC, and... I was either hanging around welding or welding in the garage or working at a welding supply store since I was a kid. I was, I remember having summer jobs where I would unload cylinder trucks on the weekends. I've hydro tested cylinders. I've worked the counter. I've done everything except drive a truck in the welding business. So, and then still today, now 2023, and I'm still in the welding business and I love it. I'm passionate about our business. What led you to start working with ESOB? Like I said before, I was the counter guy at a welding supply store. So we had all the typical different reps and different people would come in and tell us about their equipment and teach us how to sell it or teach us what it was different, what's new. What I found about ESOB was they were never coming up with the same thing, just in a different package. It was innovative. It was new. There was more of a desire to come in and teach us these counter guys at this welding supply store, how to do something and how to do it better and how the piece of equipment fit into the daily life of our customers, which was a different perspective. Nobody else would come in for that. They would come in with talking points and bullet points about why you should sell this piece of equipment. They came in and tried to educate us on what they had and why it was good and where it worked. That is a very important perspective to get from a manufacturer, not just the sales pitch, but like an actual conversation showing points of, you know, these are things that we're trying to do to make your life easier. What were some big things just with your relationship with Esau before even working with them? What were some of the things that really made you trust them more than other companies? I say this often to my team, everything breaks. That's a given. What happens next is the most important thing. And what happened next with ESOB back in those days when I was just that counter guy and I wasn't part of the team 
is you called and you got a result. You called and you got help. And it didn't have to be help necessarily with this broke, but it was help with, hey, I have this customer. He's trying to weld this. I don't know what to tell him. What should I say? What works? How do I weld cast iron? How do I weld this aluminum? What's the best for pipe? He doesn't want to stick weld anymore. He wants to do this. What's the best flux core? And and two things happened. One, we were solving the problem for our customer. Two, I was learning more about my industry every day and every time I picked up the phone. And when you work with innovative companies, they're not just giving you the same old answer. They're giving you the next answer, the best answer. And that was very appealing to me, that it was more than beauty of skin deep. Well, the problem is more than skin deep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guys use an X equipment, X wire, but is that the best? Maybe you should make a different recommendation. You've been invited in to solve a problem. Don't just solve the one he brings, but try to solve more. Help the person out. Help the customer out. Speaking of solving problems, I like that you just used that phrase. You are in a very specific sector of the industry now that is solving a problem, which is the skills gap that the welding industry is facing. With skilled laborers being very scarce compared to the amount of work that still needs to be done. And that's where automation is starting to come in. Can you tell us a little bit about these innovative products that you guys are putting out that make fabricators, manufacturers, make their job easy to make their company just grow? I think you're kind of leading into the cobot. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, cobot is, is, the, is the way or, or the word of the day or the, the trend of the day. But this one, this one's different. The Cobot's here for a reason. It's not just here. It's here because it's earned a space in this industry right now. To be honest with you, Cobots came in to use for welding more than a decade ago. And nobody knows that. It was like set on a shelf for 10 years. And I think I know why, but we'll get in that in a minute. They've been around since the mid 2000s. What's a Cobot? And I hate to say it, but for, for point of reference, we'll start that it's a smaller more nimble robot. I hate using robot in the same sentence as cobot because they are different. Cobot actually stands for collaborative robot. So it's designed to work with people and for people. It's not designed to be fenced off, cordoned off, put in the corner with all these lights and sirens and fences and shields. It's designed for you to stand right next to it and get a job done. And, and welding and cobots, they're almost made for one another. They just work so well. Cobots are used for around the world. There's, there's more than 50,000 cobots actually installed, but not, not just in welding, but, but in everything. They, they stack boxes. They pull parts out of, out of milling machines. They screw, they grind, they paint, they buff. I mean, you can use a cobot for many, many different things, but there, there's one specific thing that, that I think the industry did for a long time, and, and many still do, is just the fences and the lights and the barricades aren't the only barrier to a customer implementing a cobot. You have to be able to stick it into a facility and give it to the existing people and have it become a tool for them. That's what is needed. And I think this drive or this lack of labor resources that you mentioned, it's not just isolated to the United States. Right now, if you had a million welders, a million, they need a million welders in India. 250,000 welders short in Japan. We are in the U.S. by 2026, AWS says, well, we'll be short 336,000 welders in Europe. 
it's the third most sought out skilled labor. First is nurses, second is plumbers, and third is welders. This shortage of skilled people, when cobots come alongside those skilled people and they give you a solution to have a tool for those people to get more high quality product out the door to help their companies. What makes this cobot that you have different than the rest? It's rapidly deployable. And I don't just mean setup. We take a process of weeks and we condense it down to hours. I like to say that the cobot comes in the front door on Monday and is putting parts out the back door by Tuesday. Dang. Not on Tuesday, by Tuesday. And, and that's it. It's, you got to take down those barriers. You got to take the barriers down of implementation, of putting the cobot to work. I'm sure you've been in shops and I've been in countless shops where there's a robot in the back that's not making parts. There's automation in the back corner not making parts. There's welding machines in the back not making parts. There's always a reason. I found over the last 20 years, most of the time, the reason is something's too complicated mm-hmm. or it's just broken. That's a whole other story, but <laughs> it's just more complicated. You give a person or a welder, a welder person, the most advanced piece of equipment on the planet. It will do everything. Let's say we had one. We'll call it the Super Welder 1000. It'll weld anything, anyway, as fast as you want, wherever you want. It doesn't use gas. It doesn't use electricity. I mean, it just does everything. Well, if it's too complicated, it's too complicated. Then it really doesn't matter what it can do. Complicated isn't a feature. Complicated is a barrier. And we tried, the industry tried to take a a very useful, productive tool and use traditional methods to program it. There's more to a cobot than the button that's on the end of the cobot. Mm-hmm. That's a, a big feature and a big part of it, yes. But there's more to it than that. You still have to tell it where to weld, how to weld, how fast to weld, what amperage, what wire feed speed. You have to tell it all of this data. If you make all of that complicated, it doesn't help you as much, does it? No. That's a big thing that I've been learning about cobots is what you were saying that kind of like barrier of entry is the just knowing how to program a, a robot. The people that are afraid of the robots think that the cobot is going to try and take their job, but the cobot doesn't have the skill that the welder does of knowing how to complete these welds. Do you have parameters and stuff built into your, the programming of yours to just help people instead of being like, okay, I got to, this is step one. This is how fast you're going to go. Does it have learning capabilities? Like what, what makes it easier to use yours? So the first thing is, and if you go back a little bit, our senior management team came to us, my team, a few years ago and said, we want to do this. We want innovation. We want to solve the problems of our customers. Come up with something. So Cobot was the original easy first answer, right? What we found, though, is there was a lot of Cobots being sold by traditional robotics companies. And to be perfectly honest, I've sold robots. If you hand me a robot pendant, it's pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. But it's easy for me. That doesn't mean it's easy for everybody else. I did it for years. I had spent weeks in classes. That usually doesn't indicate something's easy. It becomes easy, but it doesn't start out easy. And all, if not all, most of the, of the cobots on the market, excluding ours, obviously, are, are programmed with a traditional robotic pendant, which 
in its nature is not easy. So in my mind, I looked at that and said, okay, I'm going to limit or reduce my capabilities. I'm going to limit and reduce my size. And I'm going to give it the same, the same complicated programming method that these billion dollar industrial robotic cells have that lead to offline programming, that lead to all these other things. That's not why people are buying these. The problem with not having skilled labor isn't next year, next month, it's today, it's right now. And you have to be able to deliver a product that can be implemented in that shop immediately. And that's where you have the, the great breakthrough that our cobot runs on the same phone that you have in your pocket or the tablet you have on the desk. Really? Yes. It's that easy. If you can use your phone, you can use our cobot. And a lot of people say their cobot is easy. And I'll give them credit. It's easier, but it's not, a, it's not easy. A lot of cobots in the marketplace have done a great job eliminating the fences and the barriers and the curtains and all of that. But as soon as you get behind that, you have very much a robot experience, not a cobot experience. We adopted the same language, meaning we, we have a family. So let's say you and I are in a shop and we have five other people. And we're all cobot operators. We're all welders. I'll put you in my group. And today you're working on part 122. And we're all in this family. You do part 122. And three weeks from now, I'm doing part 118. And, and I have to do 122. So I'll pull up in our family, part 122, and I bring over all your parameters that are preset, by the way. We give you the recipe. So we'll tell you, you tell it your quarter-inch carbon steel, 045, 75, 25, whatever it is, and we'll set the machine up for those welds, right? You show it where to weld. So basically, the, the cobot operators, those who don't know, you take the arm, you push a button, you move it into the part, you set the angle and the start point. And then you move it over and you set the angle and the end point. And we just program the space. Why I say skilled labor is so important is you have to know the stand or the hold off distance, the tip torque distance. You have to know the gun angle. You have to know all of the, the variables that you have in your hand. You have to teach the cobot for that part. So you've taught the perfect weld on part 122 and a sequence of weld. There's 10 different welds on one part. I pull up 122, I get the same thing that you get. It just comes over to my machine. That's crazy. We could take a picture of how you tooled up the part on your iPhone or your iPad. So you take a picture just the same. It attaches that picture to that program. You can have a weld procedure. It'll attach it to that part. You could have a drawing. It will attach it to that part. It'll tell you revisions of who changed what part when. It can, you can lock people out. Everybody in the company should now then be able to produce that exact same part, exact same way, every single time. We took it one step further. For instance, we use the same buttons and tools in our in-phone app as you use for everything else on your phone. We have the same slide bars. So if you want to turn on a feature, you turn it green. You want to turn it off, you turn it gray. You want to weave, you weave. You want to a stitch weld, you put stitch weld on this weld entity, and how many stitch? I want six. Okay, it's going to take that 18-inch piece and put, it's going to do all the math and give you six exactly spaced, exactly the same length stitch weld. Oh, that didn't work. Turn stitch weld off, boom. You don't have to reprogram anything. You don't have to edit anything. You don't have to modify anything. 
turn it on, turn it off. It's that easy. That's wild. The big thing that people are afraid of, we talk about it, it's like people are afraid that these things are going to take their jobs, but how are you trying to educate people on what a cobot can do for them? How do you just calm somebody's nerves that's like they're interested in using a cobot, but they also don't want to be replaced by it? What is this thing you would say to them? No problem. We'll push the cobot in the shop and watch it not do anything until you tell it what to do. It simply won't do anything. A cobot is a tool. And it's a tool designed and brought to market for the welder. That's it. That's the app. We talk about that a little bit because that is the most important part of it, in my opinion, because it's the easy part. It's in-app support. So you're, you've been tasked to do a job. What I want to do is we give you an ability to do your job better and faster than you did it before. That's it. That's what a cobot does. That's what automation does. Automation never replaces the person. It can't replace the people. It can make the people more productive with a higher quality that makes you more valuable for the company. That's what good automation does. It works with people, not against people. Without people, automation fails on its face. And those in my career that have tried to implement any kind of automation and tried to exclude people are the ones that fail. Those are the ones that don't work. The ones that work say, hey, I got great people back here. And I need to give them the tools to succeed. It's no different than a computer, no different than a phone. It's no different than anything else that we equip our people with to succeed in their job. You give them the best tools. If I wanted to go see this thing in action and try it for myself, is there a possibility for that? Can people request a demo or is there specific places they can go to see it in action? Absolutely. We've also instituted a new way to bring it to customers or to bring it to the people, to take those barriers down. We have one in Hanover, Pennsylvania. We have one in Denton, Texas. We have one in Nashville, Tennessee. We have one in Salt Lake City, Utah. Different distributors of ours have them in different places around the country. We keep track of that. You can go demo them. But we've also instituted a virtual demo. Now, the virtual demo is not designed to replace a traditional demo. What it's designed to do is for you to get a taste of how easy it really is. You get two screens on our demo. You'll, you'll talk to a real life person in a meeting. So there's an interaction. If you send us your parts first, we'll actually weld your parts on the virtual demo. So we'll tool it up, but you'll see the cobot welding and him operating it. And you'll also see the screen of the, of the phone app. So you can see what buttons he's pushing on the phone, what buttons he's pushing on the cobot, and you'll see all of it, how it works together. You'll see him hit the green button, go. You'll see it well. Then you get to see your part. You put your parts in a box and ship them back to you. As far as like consumables and stuff, this has been a big question for me with the cobots. It's like, I have to replace contact tips. I know the type of wire I'm going to be using. What is that side, the maintenance on the actual machine that the shop owner is going to have to do? Is it easy to change out these parts that we normally have to change out and does it take a special type of wire or is it the same type of wire? Same type of wire, same type of consumables. Only difference is it's straight. So you'll change a contact tip, you'll change your gun liner, you'll change your nozzle, you'll change your gas diffuser, those kind of things. And you can take one of the best parts about the cobot, you can take your existing wire, your existing gas and your existing parameters that you're using to weld manually and plug them into the system, and now you have it set. Dang, 
a question of mine. I have a suitcase welder, right? So I have an all-in-one. I could carry it around with me. How do I install the wires and stuff in these cobots? Does it have a casing or is this like a separate spot? Because when we're thinking about footprint in a shop, is it all compact in the cobot? Or is there like accessories that come with it that that's where all the wires stored? This is where your gas goes. It's like, how do you set that stuff up? So with our system, which I think is unique in the industry as well, we wanted to keep it simple. We can't just have the front end of the operation simple and easy to use and rapidly deployed. We had to make the whole system that way. That was a goal in mind. So the the welder, the feeder, everything is compact and in one footprint. It's all in one table. So there's a welding table that has five eighths holes in it. So you can use you can change your tooling. You can use rapid change tooling if you wanted. There's all kinds of those features built in. The power supply is under the table, and we used our robust feet, our best feeder on the planet, and the robust feet is in the back. So you load wire. You do everything the same way you do on your suitcase feeder. Our robust feed is a suitcase feeder and it's mounted to the back of the cobot and you access it the same. You open the door, you put the wire in, you purge right there, you inch wire from there. Everything that you do normally, you do the same way for the cobot. That's wild. What about different alloys? So let's say I do a lot of stainless steel or I do a lot of aluminum. Is that something that these cobots, do you have to have a special setup to do other alloys? Or is that something that they can just do easily, like with spool gun action type of stuff? So there's nothing special in equipment. We have cobots welding aluminum, stainless, and carbon steel in the market today. The same thing you would do if you were welding, manually welding aluminum, change the liners, Mm -hmm. change all the front end pieces, change the gas, change the wire. It's the same. And it's just as easy in ours as it is in a manual welder. So you, you do the changeover. And you're ready to go. That's awesome. Ready to weld. And as far as entry to this, is that something that you're trying to make accessible to more people? Or is this going to be something that you've got to be doing the type of volume to want to actually bring this into your shop? That's the joy of Cobots. It is a high mix, low volume, or high volume solution to the problem. It's a solution to quality, it's a solution to labor, and it's a solution to, to I have 500 different parts I need to weld up. That was, a, that was the obstacle for an industrial robot. Mm-hmm. You spend maybe even close to the same amount of money for a very small industrial robotic cell, and the changeover and the tooling and all of the complexities of an industrial robot cell were prohibitive. Well, now it's as easy as you want to make 10 of those and five of those and 100 of those and 25 of those. You can do that all in the same day on the same machine, especially after you've already programmed the parts. That ability to take a picture of the tooling and, oh, we have another feature coming out, cut and paste. So again, using the same tech, same language as, as your phone is if you've programmed one, but you could fit four of them on a table, well, you just take that one program and you cut it and paste it, cut it and paste it, or copy, paste, copy, paste. And now you have the same welded part or the same, you can weld the same four parts on the same table as you were doing one part. So when you say, are we innovating or, or what are we doing to make it for more people to embrace it? That's the kind of stuff we're doing. As far as the customers that are buying it, we have Fortune 500 companies that have bought a lot of them. We've got a, a shop in Pennsylvania where it's a father and a son and a cobot in the corner. 
it solves problems from the one guy shop to the thousand guy shop. People all have the same problem. It's just a matter of scale. Mm -hmm. The guy that's in Pennsylvania, he and his son, he has the problem. He needs five pieces out where you go to a major manufacturer of tractors and he needs to get five more an hour out by each guy. How do I do that? Or it's some of this is also for the human factor. We don't just make you more productive, but we also make your job more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of welders are all in those dark, dirty, dingy places. And they're almost a contortionist to get to do in the places that they get. Sometimes the cobot can get there a lot easier. So you set it up. It may make one weld, but if that weld was harmful to your body, mm. worth it. Well, and that's a big thing that I try to spread the word about is like health. Like that, that's one thing that I have seen a big push for over the past couple of years is that people are really trying to make the welding world safer for welders. And that's where these cobots come in. If you want to weld galvanized all day and not get your metal fever, set the cobot up. It doesn't have a problem breathing in those fumes. And he won't call in sick the next day. He shows up just the same. Yeah. Cobots and welders, I, I almost want to call it a co-welder instead of a cobot because it's about the welder more than it is about the arm that's holding it, right? It's, it's to help that guy. It, it, it's just to make his life easier what it's for if you were to give advice to people that are either hesitant of the automation world or people that are really excited about it like what kind of advice would you give to people that want to learn more or want to get into working with automation and cobots don't be afraid of automation embrace it automation should be your tool not your enemy you have to put in the right perspective you want to grow your business if you want to hit schedules, if you want to deliver faster, if you want to improve lead times, if you want to improve your lean manufacturing and you build parts when you need them, not 10 months before you need them or buy in 5,000 piece quantities and I'm sitting on your shelf rusting. If you want to solve those problems, robots there for you or automation in general. Let's talk about automation in general. The wrong perspective is, hey, I can go eliminate half the workforce in my shop. That's the wrong perspective. Not going to work. At the end of the day, you, you won't succeed. But what you can do is make those people that are out there that much more productive, hit your schedules, grow your business, be more cost effective in the marketplace, and also increase your margins, which every business wants to do. That's how you embrace automation to make it part of your company. You have to go into it with the right goals. Cobot welding is the fastest growing industrial automation right now. If you take all of industrial automation, I mean, stacking and packing and everything else, welding cobots are the number one seller in that whole space. That's how big this problem is. So another way to look at it is you might not be doing it, but is your competition doing it? If they're doing it, I think they're going to have a leg up mm -hmm. because the barriers for entry are down. We've, we came through like a bulldozer. <laughs> if you want to run a cobot and it's you and your 13-year-old son, I got gotcha. you. He could probably run it better than you because he knows his phone better than you, right? We can do this. You don't have to be a, a weld engineer to produce high quality, high volume welds. I mean, it's that easy. Well, and what you just said, that's super important. The What you're talking about, how this next generation, 
They know phones. They know technology. And the fact that you have made your cobot being able to run and be programmed off of the thing that has been in their hands since birth, pretty much. Everybody's talking about how do we reach this new generation? How do we get this next generation into the welding industry? And automation and robotics, that's what I've been saying to people all along. I'm like, well, we got to be on their level, use the same tools they use. Everybody's trying to, there's a big problem with education and people saying they can't, the, this next generation has a problem with learning and all this. And it's, no, there's a communication problem. That's all it is. There's a communication problem. And the communicating what the industry can do for this next generation is they are experts on phones. They're expert on iPads. They're expert with apps. And the fact that you implemented that is so smart. Like, I think that is huge. And I, I want more people out there to be like, well, they're doing it. We, I guess we should get with the times. Yeah. Cause we have to reach this next generation. The future of our industry depends on it. So I, I would appreciate that very much. What you just said. Oh, thank you. It was a, it was the point. I go back to the challenge that our CEO gave us is we're not here to do what others do. We're here to help our customers. And you're right. We need to embrace the next generation and we need to help the current generation of welders. Mm -hmm. And we, we got to look at things from a different perspective, from a different angle and solve the problems in a different way. The solutions are out there. We have to take this, this scary thing called technology and bring it in and not hide it in the, in the yellow box behind you, but put it in the forefront. We have some real cool, innovative stuff that's coming out in the next couple of years. And it's cool because it's technology driven, but it's also cool because it's super easy to use. And so it fills a gap and it solves a problem. That's what excites me. People say I'm passionate and I'm passionate about Cobot. No, I'm passionate about, about ESOP. Taking a different perspective, taking a different look at the same industry and saying, look, let's just be better and let's not be better. Let's be the best. Let's be the best to that customer. Let's not solve our problem. Let's solve their problems. And by doing so, they solve our problem. And, and this was one of the first, not one of the, it's, it's one of the first that came out this innovative and this new, because we have seen 13 year olds run them. We've seen eight year olds run this cobot. We go to open houses and one of the things we do is you're, you're theoretically, you're teaching a person to weld, or we use, we use that evil word programming. I say, we, we teach the robot what we want. Pretty soon we're just going to tell it what we want. That's my goal. It's just, you use Siri and say, go weld that part. Hey, <laughs> boom, go weld. Then I've won. Then, I, then I'll probably retire. We're not there yet. <laughs> That's how easy we want to make it. And not just this. We want to make everything that easy. It can be, and it should be. So how do we get there? But we, at, at an open house, we have it set up outside and we tell people to come over and we show them how to do it. Everything's great. And then we hand them the iPads. Why don't you do it? Well, I just got here. My training's all of four minutes. I can't do this. Pretty sure you can. Grab the robot. Do this. Do that. Push this button. Push that button. Look at the iPad. Hit the green button. Go hit the green button on the, on the actual machine. See what happens. And the guy sees, the person sees within 15 minutes of walking up to the cobot, that what he wanted is what he got. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. And thank you so much, Dan, for coming on the show and telling me all about this awesome new cobot. 
I can't wait to come see one in action. If you're looking to see it in action for yourself, look down in the show notes and sign up for a virtual demonstration. Or head over to esop.com and see all these great new innovations they're rolling out. If you have a topic that you'd want me to cover on the show, or you want to be on it, reach out to me on the Weld app. Just search for Bo Did It and shoot me a message. Until next week, we'll see you out there.